the podcast from Belmont Chapel in Exeter, sharing the story, living the life. For more information, go to belmontchapel.org.uk. Hiya, good morning. It's really great to be here today. Wasn't it exciting to celebrate all those baptisms together? Um, so I know uh, Adrian and Debbie and Yusin and Livy from the Alpha Course in various different ways. And wow, it's been brilliant this week just anticipating this moment of them getting baptised. There were actual recreations on the sofa, in the bath. There was shouting with joy from Sam as he anticipated the moment of his friend Yusin being baptised. And that got me to thinking... Here he's coming in a second. Um, It got me to thinking. Someone on the Alpha Course asked me recently, how have you been praying for me? And actually, I thought, that's a really good question. How have you been praying for me? And as I've prepared for this morning, I've been really challenged and encouraged as I've looked at the passage that we picked for today about how I could be praying for the folk who were baptised today Nick in particular, who I've yet to get to know. And so, Sam and I did a bit of sneaky preparation earlier in the week, and we looked at the passage together. And as we looked at the passage, we wrote a prayer using the passage from today to pray for the people who got baptized. So, please can we have Sam's prayer? Oh, there was a little bribery involved, but I'd like to be clear The bribery was in the making of the video, not in the wanting to pray for the people who were baptized. So, uh, here is our prayer that we wrote using this passage. Thank you, God, for Nick, Houston, Louis, Adrian, and Debbie. Please, God, help them know you better. Please, God, help them know the hope you have given them. Please, God, may they know So, I want you, as I read the passage from the Bible now, to be on the lookout for where Sam got his ideas for how to pray for Nick, for Debbie, for Adrian, for Yusin, and for Livy. I'm hoping that this will inspire you to take some time this week to pray for these folk. There are some much bigger words in the passage, but I think Sam has nailed it that you don't need to use the big words in the passage if you're not ready to use them yet. So, we're going to read a passage from a book, a letter called Ephesians. It's in the New Testament of the Bible, and it was written by a guy called Paul. He wrote to the church in Ephesus to encourage them. So, aha, could I have my PowerPoint now? Because I think I can put the passage on the screen for you. For this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as 
as the mighty strength he exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every name that is invoked, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. So if you've got uh, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15 open in front of you, you'll realize I didn't start quite at the beginning of the letter. I missed um, what looks like a paragraph and an introduction in our Bibles. Well, actually, it's one long sentence in the Greek. This massive sentence of praise about what God has done through Jesus, which is an awful lot like what we've heard up here from the folk who were baptized and read in the little sheet thing that you can get. All their praise for the awesome things that God has done, written out. That's like the first sentence. And then Paul thinks about that. And then he says, I have not stopped giving thanks. I feel like that's what we might feel like in our hearts this morning, that we just want to give thanks to God for what he has done in these folks' lives. Now, he says that he's praying unceasingly for them, which means he's praying without it coming to an end. If I'm honest, my prayer life can be really sporadic would be a better description than unceasing. But this passage challenges me to be more organized and regular in my prayer for people when I'm giving thanks. And somehow this week, when we've come together as a family and we've anticipated giving thanks for these baptisms and talked about them, my prayer has been much more unceasing for these folks this week. So, the first thing he does is he gives thanks for these Ephesian Christians. The first thing we can do in our prayer is give thanks for these folk. And then he continues on by asking God for some stuff. So if you look in verses 17 to 19, there you go, he gives thanks. Then if you look in verse 17 to 19, it becomes clear that Paul is asking the Father to give them the deeper knowledge of three things. But crucially, Three things that they already know. So they, he prays that they get to know God better. That they know the hope he's called them to. And they know the power that God has to get them there. There we go. So the first thing he's asking in his prayer is that they will get to know God better. I wonder... They already know God. Why would they want to get to know God better? Well, I don't know if you've ever had an experience like this. But recently, Sam, again, made a new friend at school. Has anyone ever made a new friend? Yeah, some nods? Yes, great. Lots of people have made a new friend. So, right, over the Easter holidays, Sam's new friend was able to come to our house and play. And when his friend came to our house... Sam and his friend discovered that they both really liked Duplo, they really liked Lego, they really liked playing basketball in the garden, and that they really liked building dens. And actually, they got to be better friends. They got to know each other better by spending time together. And now, 
They know each other even more, and that means they have even more fun together. I think that's why we're asked to pray that people get to know God better, because as they get to know God better, they'll have even better time hanging out with him. Today, for Adrian, for Debbie, for Livy, for Nick, and for Yusun, is a day when they are declaring that they know God. This is a good day. This is a day when it's easy to talk about how you know God. But knowing God is good, there will still be tough days. When Paul wrote this letter to the Ephesian Christians, he was in prison. And if you know his letters really well, you'll know that he writes about knowing God when he's in prison. I wonder why it's really important that you know God, and he thinks that's really important, when he's locked up in prison. Well, I think it is, because knowing God will help him get through that time. If it's your experience this morning that you know about God, but you don't know God, you might be completely astonished by what I've just said that you can know God. If that has astonished you, please will you come and talk to me later. Come and talk to Johnny later. Come and talk to Andy and Sarah who were baptizing. We'd love to talk to you more about knowing God, not just knowing about God. There's a a QR code that you can scan that will give you details of the next Alpha course. We can just go for a coffee and chat about this. So, in our prayers, we've got two ideas so far. We're going to give thanks for our Christian friends. We're going to pray that they get to know God better. And then, if you look down in verse 18, you'll see that Paul prays that they know the hope which God has called us to. Now, Paul uses a very confusing phrase. I pray that the eyes of your heart will be open. Now, come on. Hearts do not have eyes. I might be a primary school teacher, not a doctor, but I know that hearts don't have eyes. This is a phrase about the inside of you being able to see what God is like. He wants the inside of you to be able to understand the glorious riches of his inheritance in his holy people. Now, last Sunday, Johnny, who was service leading today, was preaching And he used an illustration which looks a lot like this. In fact, exactly like this. Good storytelling continuity for you. So he has this rope. And he says, this little red bit on the rope represents your existence. And the rest of the rope stretches out. Imagine it goes on forever. This is your existence. Now, if in your existence you know the hope that God has called you to then that's going to really change how you live in your existence. If it's a tough day at school, but you know the hope that God has called you to, stretching out in eternity, that's going to change your perspective the way you think about that day at school. Because you're going to know that the way you live today at school might help other people to see what God is like. If you are having to make some really hard decisions about how you live, 
in your existence here, but you know about the hope that God is calling you to stretching out, then actually that's going to help you make those decisions about how you live now in light of this huge long eternity stretching out. Paul, as I said, was in prison when he wrote this letter. He could have given up. He could have been defeated. But no, he chose to keep speaking the truth about Jesus and witnessing to the prison guards. He knows what he's called to. So the final thing, the third thing that he prays, asking for the Ephesian Christians, is that they would know God's incomparably great power for us who believe. If you look, that's in verse 19. There is a really important that there's enough power for what you want to do. So as I said, I'm a primary school teacher. I'm quite consistent. I go to work. I walk into work. I put my laptop in my desk. I plug in my smart board, I turn my laptop on, and I start teaching. What happens about 9.20 in the morning is that my laptop goes black, cuts out. I haven't plugged it into the power. I'm like nearly 100% consistent on this. And this is a huge problem if you have an online assembly that goes at 20 past 9. I've run out of power in my laptop. I wonder, have you ever had that experience of running out of power for something you want to do? Loads of nods, by the way, if you can't see. Like, everybody knows what this is like to run out of power. So, our world, our experiences can make us think that God is not powerful enough to do and to get done what he said he would get done. But he is. And he can get it done. Paul prays that we would know God's incomparably great power for those who believe. He gives us some reasons to have confidence in that power. It was great enough to resurrect Jesus. There is power over everything. Look in verse 21. And the power is at work in the church, the body of believers who meet together, trusting in Christ, who will be brought home into relationship in a great heavenly gathering around the throne of Christ. The Bible makes it clear. We shall most certainly be raised with him because Christ himself was raised to life and we are his living body. Our head cannot be separated from his body. This morning, just like you guys, I am filled with joy as we have baptized my friends. And I am challenged about how I can pray for them, and not just them, but all of you. When I see you next weekend, perhaps before, I hope I will be able to tell you when you ask me, how did you pray for me? I hope that I will be able to tell you when... You ask me, how did you pray for me? That I will answer, I prayed with thanks for your faith. I asked God to help you get to know him better, to know the hope that you have and the power that he has. That's what Sam said when he prayed for his friends to get bap- who were getting baptized this morning. And I'm going to give you a moment now just to give thanks to pray for the people who were baptized. 
You might want to use Sam's words, perhaps with someone sat next to you. Or you might want to look in the passage and use that to pray with thanks and to ask for these people. Or you might have something else you're desperate to tell God about them. But take a very short moment and pray for these people.